I believe that you should never underestimate how powerful your voice is. And if you get other voices together, then, then you can create big change. Hi, everyone. This is John Summerman, founder of the Active Towns Initiative. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast, conversations about the people, places, programs, and policies that help to promote a culture of activity within our communities. It's great to have you along for the ride. In this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Trini Willerton from Boulder, Colorado, and the It Could Be Me initiative. Trini is a mom, a wife, an Ironman distance triathlete, and an accidental advocate for safer streets. And I say accidental advocate because it wasn't until she was struck and nearly killed by a pickup truck, I believe it was, while out on a training ride that she became so personally aware of the tremendous safety challenge we have in our society out on our streets. An environment where motor vehicles are prioritized and there is a systemic dehumanization of our more vulnerable roadway users. Really, anyone not in a car or truck. She was so profoundly impacted by this tragic event that she has since dedicated herself to making a difference in society and hopefully preventing anyone else from having to go through what she endured. Trini, thank you so much for joining me on the Active Towns podcast. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Could you please start us off by explaining what the It Could Be Me initiative is and outline your motivations for taking on this massive challenge? <laughs> well, in 2018, like you mentioned, I was struck by a, well, a driver with his pickup truck decided to overtake me while I was riding my bike. I don't know what his motivation was. However, um, he sent me to the hospital and I had to deal with a lot of things that really, even as an avid cyclist, I had never really thought about before. I always thought that I, that I would never be me for whatever reason, right? So then I found myself in the situation where I started learning about the law. I started learning about what the consequences the man that hit me was going to be facing. And I just could not believe it. I was perplexed. I, I just always assumed that as a society, we would, you know, we're all good people. So if somebody does something that's not right, that there were adequate consequences to go along with that act. However, I learned that that was very, very far from the truth. Then within my recovery process, I was able to get involved in actually testifying on behalf of the bill that is now the law, which was Bill 175, the vulnerable user of the road bill here in Colorado. And I was just very, very fortunate to be able to partake so much in that process and learn so much about what's needed, about the, the things we can do as individuals to really create a change. So I went through that process. My criminal case took 13 months, which to me also was ridiculous in a sense because this man was only facing a track a traffic ticket and his consequence was really <laughs> he was going to have four points on his record 
a small fine and some community service. So to me, I just, it was beyond me that, that he just wouldn't say, yes, I'm guilty. Let's get this over with and stop wasting people's money and time. But you know, that was just the reality. So a lot of these things were building inside of me in the sense that the more I learned, the more I wanted to create a change. And one day, I was driving my little boy to school because after what happened to me, he stopped riding. I I felt so scared and it was a one mile commute, but I didn't let him ride. And this realization came to me. I'm like, you know, it could be any of us. It could be my little boy. It could be me. It was me, you know, and that's how the idea of it could be me came about. I started doing more research and found out that Cyclists in particular are no longer being seen as human by many motorists. And so that's where the video movement came about. I thought that maybe if we started showing motorists who we are, you know, who really is behind that or underneath the helmet, behind the sunglasses, wearing those funny clothes, if they realize that that could be someone's mom or someone's daughter, that we would you know, start seeing each other again, which I think is something that we have forgotten to do. So I started asking people for videos. I created a video of of my own and we shared this video on Facebook. And within the first week, we had 24,000 views. And from that moment forward, I have not I have not stopped and I have not turned back. And I also am very aware that in order for this to be successful, and create long-term change, we have to have an element of education and policy change. So that's what it could be me is. It's it's a movement that contains a very visual movement, um, (laughs) policy change, and education. Fantastic. And I'll actually have you describe in a little bit exactly what the videos are and and sort of you know how how that manifests itself but first i want to say thank you uh for for correcting my language and the the language of trying to bring the responsibility back to the driver the humans involved and not saying an inanimate object caused something we're we're not yet into the realm of uh, at least not at a massive level of automated vehicles where we could say a truck struck you you were correct mm-hmm. it was a, a driver and and language is so incredibly important that uh, that it was a human it was a person who was operating the motor vehicle that mm-hmm then struck you as a person, not, not even as a cyclist, as a person, as, Mm -hmm. you know, as a wife, a mom, you know, a triathlete who happened to be on her bike, uh, when this happened. So thank you very much for, uh, for, for that language correction. Cause I think that's really, really important for all of us in our society uh, to Mm -hmm. do that and to strive for that. And it's hard (laughs) because we're so used to saying, the car ran through the stop sign. Well, no, the car didn't run through the stop sign. You know, it was the driver that did so. So why don't you describe what these videos are? So they vary in length. It, I always say that there's really not a, not a wrong way to do a video. Um, I always just ask for three very simple things to be within the video uh, or mentioned in the video. One of them has to do with following all the rules of the road. That's very important to me. Another thing has to do with 
just give it the, the whole point of the videos is to give us an identity again. So anything that is important to you. I've had people say, I like to bake cakes. I've had people share more about their job. I've had people share a little bit about their children, or I've had children share facts. This I, One of my favorite videos is from a little girl who basically took it upon herself because she walks every day to school and she, every day she sees something happening or she's aware of her surroundings and she started doing some research and in her videos she she starts stating facts she says you know there's 25,000 kids that get get hit by cars or by drivers sorry there we go again see <laughs> they get hit by drivers on a regular basis and in the country um and we have to change that and yeah so I ask people to share a little bit about themselves. Then I ask them to say that they're going to abide by all the rules of the road. And then they ask the motorists just to look out for them, you know, because it could be them. They could be as short or as long as you want. And I think because people are sharing things, that's the key. I think that's what really is touching people at a very profound level. Um, I've had people just give me a lot of feedback and, and, and say, you know, I, because I posted this on my social media, because that's one of the most crucial bits at this moment, because that's how we're reaching a broad, like we're getting out of our, our echo chamber. Um, and we're reaching uncle Bob maybe that has an F-150 and that really wasn't really given it much thought. And, and now after watching you know, my video, maybe he says, oh my gosh, yeah, it could be Trini. It could be someone's mom. It could be any of us. So, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's the whole point, right? Is really the, the audience for these videos is not to go out into the echo chamber of, you know, street yeah. safety advocates and street, you know, safe street designers even to the audience of, say, athletes and people who are out there on the road, either running or biking or, or whatever, it really is to try to permeate into each person's individual social media feeds into the folks that are like, oh, wow, it, it really mm -hmm. could be Trini who's out there it really could be John who's out there and that was that's the personal message that's going out and I'm looking at your logo and the image of the runner as well as the image of the, the biker so why don't you talk a little bit about that that yes you were on a bike and certainly that's a a big part of the uh, the message and a big part of the folks who are making it, but it really is anybody who is a more vulnerable user of the roadway space, correct? Yeah, and that's exactly how I describe us. I mean, we're all vulnerable users, and it doesn't matter if you are just a, a, a pedestrian, if you're a cyclist, if you're a motorcyclist, if you're a worker of the road, we're all vulnerable. And we wanted to make sure that everybody who was in that group um, was represented by It Could Be Me. And the logo was designed by Kevi Holden. She's the founder of Core Sports. And, you know, this is a mission that really does hit home with a lot of people with Kevi. It's something really dear to her heart. And she is also the head of a team. So there's over 150 athletes that, you know, belong to this team, along with the whole community. I think one thing that's amazing about um, triathlon and well, and ultras and 
active people in general. I think we're all really looking out for each other and we're really, um, uh, I hate to say it again, but we're an amazing community. So she she designed this and I believe it was you, John, who, who looked at the logo when she first did it and you said, you know what? Um, there's something missing there. And I was like, absolutely. There was this aha moment. I'm like, we have to have a runner there because he's also on. I mean, we have to have something that does um, somehow get all of these people into one group because we're all in it. And, it. and another interesting fact that I think a lot of people don't think about often is, you know, I, I'm a runner. I'm a cyclist. I'm also a driver. <laughs> so I use my car sometimes and, and I have to be responsible and I'm hyper vigilant. And I think that's in a way, maybe not to the extreme of being hyper vigilant, but, but we have to understand that having a car is a privilege. Driving is a privilege and that we have to be very responsible as drivers. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm a big fan of double entendres and, and I view the, it could be me, uh, phrase as a double entendre because it, you know, it could be me either as a victim, as, as someone who's out there who is exposed and is vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. obvious, but it also, it says, Hey, it could be me. I could be the person behind the wheel. Um, I so you, you, you touched upon, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add that. I think that we all get in right now. We live in a society where we're all in a hurry. We're all just, we almost forget about what's going on around us. So we, we really do need to take a breath, slow down and realize that no matter what it is that we have to do, it's not worth someone's life. And it just takes one second, one mistake, and that's it. And your life will be forever changed. And obviously the person that, that you hit. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that that is absolutely so true. That's a a little bit of a downer. And (laughs) so I'm going to stick with a little bit of the, the, uh, of a negative uh, bent on this. And then we're going to go positive because you know me, I love being positive about all this. Are you seeing any pushback? Are you getting resistance from anybody? No, no. Oh, I took care of that. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. It's been incredible. I mean, I have not had a single person say, I don't want a video or or, I don't want to make a video for you. Or I took a leap of faith. And in 2019, I just got on a plane. I didn't have media credentials. I didn't have anything. I just decided to go to Kona because I figured if I wanted to get to the people that were going to help me, um, they were all going to be there. And so I approached every single pro triathlete that I found. Every time I talked to them, it was like fuel for me because every single one of them had either been personally affected or had a really dear person affected by this. And so in the beginning, I had my elevator pitch that was maybe, I don't know, a minute. It started getting reduced because I didn't really have a lot of time with them. So it got to a point where it's 15 seconds. But what what started generating was that I was posting these videos as I got them. And it got to a point where toward like the second day of doing this, the pros were expecting me. They saw me and they knew what I was I was there for. And they were just ready to go. It was yeah. amazing. So no, I haven't had on the contrary. And brands, I, I think they're just, there's such a dire need for change, John. I think we're all just so ready. And 
I respect other people's approaches. And I think the more people that get involved and try to help, the better. But I think our our approach is very singular in the sense that we're not pointing fingers. We're just trying, we're not trying to scare anybody off the road. We just want people to be able to enjoy what they love to do because that's something that we shouldn't even have to think about. I mean, we should just be able to be out there and and do what we love to do. And um, and I think it's a very refreshing approach where, you know, we're not saying it's your fault or it's my fault. We're just saying, you know, we're all the same. Just look out for each other. We all want to come home safely. We all have people that love us waiting at home. And it's just the way we move. We choose to move, right? And nobody should have to fear just because they need to go somewhere or they want to go out for a run or just enjoy life. Life's too short. Yeah, a couple couple quick things that come to mind. Uh, one, for our listeners that uh, may not know, uh, Trini just mentioned Kona, Kona, Hawaii, which is oh, yeah. uh, the location of the uh, world championships for the Ironman distance triathlon. So every October, the the uh, triathletes from around the world can convene in Kona for for this, and so that's what she was referring to there. And she was on the on the ground the days prior to the event, just literally walking up, talking to folks, telling uh, people her story, telling folks about the the It Could Be Me program. And, and so let that's me tell what you she, something. Yeah. I want to interrupt and tell you because yeah. this is a funny anecdote. So I didn't because I didn't have like really a set plan. I just went out there and hoped for the best and prayed that everything would turn out well. Um, I had my little carry-on and in my carry-on, I had t-shirts, I had bracelets, I had all sorts of goodies to give away. I had my sign and I was just walking back and forth in Kona with my little, with my little carry-on bag. And everybody I would see was like, oh, did you just arrive? I'm like, no, no, I just, you know, this is my life right here. And yeah, do you want a t-shirt? <laughs> but but yeah, it was it was really sweet because eventually I I actually got together with the guys from Icor and they offered me a place in their recovery lounge, which is amazing. So I had my banner there and but I still carried my carry-on. I still needed my stuff with me. So Right, right. Yeah. So the other thing that that uh, popped into my head when you were talking about that is, you had mentioned you know, being able to to be able to be out on the roads doing what we enjoy, and then there's a whole nother group of of vulnerable users out on our streets and our roadways. You sort of alluded to it earlier, like the folks who are working out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of their job is to is to be out there exposed, you know, on our streets. Uh, the other folks mm-hmm. that are out there that may be walking or biking, they're not out there by choice. That That's their only mode of transportation. Maybe they literally have to walk all the way or mm-hmm. bike to work or, you know, and they, they don't have another option or they're multimodal and they're just between other mm-hmm. modes like they're walking to get to the bus stop or or the train uh, station to be able to get to their ultimate destination so i did want to uh, mention that too is that when we view things through the 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 lens as uh, as athletes we, we have a certain amount of privilege that we're able to go out and and train and do things, you know, for our health and well-being, and and it is a choice. But there are many, many folks that are out there 
Uh, and unfortunately, the statistics show that those folks are actually much more likely to to suffer from tragic uh, collisions and crashes out there. And you brought this up you know, to me a couple of days ago about the more vulnerable users and the invisible uh, yeah. cyclists, the invisible pedestrians that you know are out having no choice but to be on our dangerous roadways and they also are dark you know they're invisible they they don't have there's no you know there, there's no way for uh them to feel as if they're being seen they just sort of disappear into the background of darkness i do have another question but i i see that you you may have something <laughs> you want to jump in there with go for it yeah, so there's two things. I wanted to say that when I was a witness for Bill 175, I was among about 20 people and that were also witnesses. And those other witnesses, um, only two of us were cyclists. The rest of the people there, there were all sorts of vulnerable users of the road. There were people in wheelchairs. There were people that were workers of the road. There were motorcyclists, pedestrians. So, so yeah, absolutely. It affects every single one of us in very different ways, but you know, we're all like we, we, we were talking about earlier. I mean, even being the motorist, your life will never be the same. If you have a, a, a crash, if you have, if you're being careless. So yeah, that's one thing I wanted to add. And another thing, and you were touching on it right now, were those invisible people. One of the most successful bits of It Could Be Me so far is our ambassador program. We have close to 50 people all across the world who have made a commitment to, in different tiers, I, I also designed it that way because I understand that people have lives and even though they may want to help, they, they may not be able to commit as much as others. So I have 10 cross-country ambassadors, and those are the ones who want to take it a step further and be very proactive in their communities and go and, and be witnesses and advocate for different bills that may be going on, recruiting people. So one of those ambassadors, her name's Nadine, and she's in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she made me aware of this very horrific situation that they're living there where, and I'm sure this this is not a singular situation and that's even worse but her specific ask is that we get high visibility clothing for those folks that take their bike to the bus they ride their bike then take the bus to work and then when they come come back you know from from their jobs it's dark and they can't afford high visibility clothing they can't afford lights and they are getting hit and there's been two fatalities so far this year because of that, that we know about, that you know, that have been on, on the news and that have made big headlines. So I've been asking different groups for support. And I think, I mean, I think we have some stuff that that maybe, I mean, I have good indications of, of people that want to help. And that's another thing that I, I would love to do with It Could Be Me. If there's like a fourth fold of, of It Could Be Me, I think community outreach and just matching people up with with brands that want to help because that's another thing. I mean, I every single brand that I've that I've approached, they all want to help. They just they 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 want to know what they can do to to make the situation better. Yeah, yeah. What is the status of that bill you're referencing? Oh, it's now the law. 
So and, and can was, you encapsulate it real quick as to to what the the law says? Not not in legalese, but just in in, no, in I'll normal work. Yeah, yeah. So it's Bill One Seventy Five, and it basically says, and it's it's what we have as a law currently in Colorado is signed into a law by Governor Paulus on May 29th last year. And it basically says, if you are careless, you're a careless driver and you hit a vulnerable user of the road, you will get 12 points on your record, which is the equivalent of losing your license for a year. Before that was only four points. And that's what the guy that hit me got four points, which is like forgetting your insurance card. So 12 points mandated restitution. So now they'll have to pay and make things right for the person that was a victim. Then community service. And this is up to the discretion of the judge and as well as education. So in our state, there has been a very specific driver, vulnerable user of the road course that was designed between Bicycle Colorado and Cyclists for Community. And that's what what is out there. My driver had to take that. So I think it's a course that everybody should take, actually, before anything horrible happens, just because there are so many misconceptions about, you know, what the responsibilities, there's the obvious responsibilities, but expected behaviors that perhaps are not really what actually goes out, on out there. People need to know, for example, that by law, cyclists can ride to abreast. That's not against the law. <laughs> and it makes it safer for us. You know, I mean, little things like that. Or I remember when I lived in Texas, you know, in Texas, it's very, very flat. And when I was out training, I had several mis like very, very close calls because I think the driver couldn't anticipate how fast we could go. And so there were not ill-intentioned people. They were paying attention. And because they were paying attention, they didn't hit us. But they were completely unaware that, yes, we could hold 25 miles an hour if we're going in a group. And that's just what we can do. And they're not going to beat us. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I, right. There's a lot of work to be done. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you look back at the the experience of launching It Could Be Me and, and even prior to that, uh, what's been one of the most powerful moments for you? Oh, there's been several. I think last year I was given this award and it wasn't really about the award, but it was the recognition by the triathlon community of all this work and the value of of having this community behind something that I believe with all my heart in and that I know will create a change. And I was given the Outspoken Woman of the Year Award, and I was also named Triathlete um, Age Grouper of the Year by Triathlete Magazine. And I think, like I said, I mean, it's not really about getting the award. It's just this recognition, not only of my work, but of the dire need for change and highlighting that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think moving forward, having, because I believe that success, our success will lie when we really get together. All these groups of people that are trying desperately to make change, all the people that are affected, which in my 
point of view is everybody because <laughs> we're all affected by this, but it, we all have to take a stand and say, you know what, enough. There must be a way to establish a unanimous consequence and there's no misconceptions. There's this document that is very clear. This is what happens if you, if you are involved in a, in a crash. This is what you should do if you are the victim. And I don't know, there's... I suppose those recognitions make me believe that there's even more hope than the one that I have with me every day, you know, right, that people right. do want this. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's one of these things too, that it's, it's so multi-leveled and, and multifaceted. Ultimately, uh, if you were to, you know, play things out far enough into the future, you would be in a situation where uh, it could mean me doesn't even have to exist because exactly. it, it becomes a safer environment for everyone. And when you look out one year from right now, what would you just be delighted would happen? What, what, what are your, what's your goal for 2020? Oh, I have so many goals. <laughs> um, but ultimately I think if I lived in a perfect world, obviously the movement would not be needed, period. I mean, it would be just the fact that we all assume and behave like we all matter to each other and that we all look out for each other. In specific goals, my ultimate goal is to create a law that will affect us at a federal level. So one that will cross all these state lines and will become the the unified consequence. I mean, if you do this, this is what will happen. And then each state can kind of modify and, and do whatever they see fit. But that's my goal. Right now, I am seeking advice from people that have drafted bills that have been successful. I know that the verbiage I has to be very specific I know that there's a lot of agendas that can be an issue while trying to move this forward. But yeah, that, that would be my, my goal, <laughs> to have a federal law in place sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. That brings up another point. There's so many different levels and scales. You've got stuff at the federal level, you've got stuff at the state level, and you have uh, opportunities to engage even at the local level. And speaking mm -hmm. at the local level, um, I believe you attended a Vision Zero meeting recently. Is that correct? Tonight. It's tonight and I'm oh, presenting. It's tonight and you're yeah. presenting. Okay, great. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get more information back uh, from you the next time we have, mm -hmm. have you on to talk about the Vision Zero uh, efforts there in the Boulder, Denver area. Is it in Boulder or is it in Denver? Boulder. It's in, in Boulder. Boulder. Okay, fantastic. In, and so for, for listeners who may not know what Vision Zero is, uh, it's it's a worldwide movement originally uh, started in Sweden uh, and has now spread to all over the world and is is now you know making its way around the United States. And essentially the, the, the spirit behind Vision Zero is the concept of eliminating serious injuries and fatalities uh, due to motor vehicle crashes striving to have a systematic approach towards safety where we can try to minimize those outcomes. Uh, we know that mistakes happen. We know we're, we're all human and mistakes do happen. But the whole point and the premise behind Vision Zero is that if a mistake happens, 
it should not be a fatal mistake. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Vision Zero later, but let's move on. What, what's probably the most surprising thing that has emerged over you know this past year or so uh, after launching It Could Be Me? Well, I think it started even before I launched It Could Be Me. I think I was completely oblivious to what the laws were. I was completely oblivious to so many things. And this has given me an opportunity to learn and to somehow be the facilitator between those other cyclists. I mean, I had been writing for 10 years, John. I had people that were very close to me that were hit and not as fortunate as me. And even so, I navigated the world believing, oh, you know, it's not going to be me. And and if it is, I'm sure it, it'll be, you know, I, I just kind of just assumed that, that things were very, very different. So, so yeah, <laughs> that's been to me, when I am sitting in my hospital bed and the man that did this to me lies to the police and because the police can't talk to me because they took me to the hospital and I'm sitting there reading this, I'm just like, oh my gosh, what if this man would have killed me? You know, there's so many layers to this whole entire situation, but it's at understanding, for example, how the media got a hold of that information, because that was that was on a local publication here in Boulder. And so people in my community, the guy said that I just swung in front of him and blamed me. So the people in my community who knew me were reaching out and saying, there's absolutely no way that she would have done that, right? But I couldn't comment because of the legal process. So all of these things that just kind of made me come to the conclusion that we needed to do something about it and change things. So yeah, and then the big aha moment in a really positive way was when that bill got signed. That whole entire process, learning how the bill was going to become a law, what we could do as individuals to support all of these people that are working so, so hard, that was so powerful to see that because I made a conscious choice to drive myself to Denver and sit there and go through something really, really, that was very scary for me. I had never done anything like that before, but just to, you know, look fear in the eye and say, no, this is more important than that. And then see the outcome and now know that because those 20 people were so brave and stepped forward, you know, now we have different, a totally different set of circumstances for people that are out there. And and hopefully it'll keep a lot of people safer out on the roads. So that was the most positive aha moment so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I love how you described how, you know, you were completely oblivious to so many different things uh, there. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really quite powerful and illustrative that your movement, it could be me, is also trying to strive to communicate and break through the the shroud of clouds that people have because there's so many people who are oblivious to the fact that there 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 really are even more vulnerable users out there on the road it's like because they 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 tend to just kind of disappear into the background and or they are viewed as an irritant to trying to get down the road as fast as they can yeah and you have no idea how many people have reached out to me and said 
oh my gosh, I didn't know. And it, right. I didn't know multiple things, but it's a constant. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so glad I know now. And another thing I'm trying to do is connect through the ambassadors, but also on my website. I'm trying to connect people that are willing just to do something in their communities with with these nonprofits that are working so hard across the country. I really, I mean, I was a member of Bicycle Colorado, but I was just supportive without really knowing what they were trying to do and how they were working. And I, again, oblivious. <laughs> so, um, right. so I'm trying to breach that gap and connect people and, and make this all about the community and, and what we can do as individuals to better our world. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you are an accidental advocate. You didn't mm -hmm. intend to be an advocate. You were thrust in uh, on this because of this crash. Uh, but you've been here and you've, you're thriving in this environment and you're spreading the word and you're, you're learning, you're absorbing from so many different people. Yeah. What advice do you have to listeners out there that, you know, want to do something? Maybe, maybe it's not this, maybe it's not this particular thing that, that, you know, they're passionate about. Maybe it is, but what advice would you give to somebody who is, is getting excited about making change happen within their communities, what should they do? How should they go about it? I believe that you should never underestimate how powerful your voice is. And if you get other vo voices together, then, then you can create big change. I have been so fortunate to have all these people that I've, you know, I've asked want to be involved, but not, I, I guess, another bit of advice. I've always been very tenacious and I seldomly take no for an answer. So perhaps understand that it hasn't always been yes right away, but but just, you know, keep on it. I think that if you believe in with your heart in something, I think your passion shines through and people will want to be a part of that with you. And do research, do research on you know, who is out there trying to do the same thing you are and join them. That's fantastic. That's yeah. been right now with, it could be me. I'm we're one like little step away from, from doing a, a legal partnership with cyclists for community. They're a nonprofit here in Boulder and they've done amazing work for the last three years. And so having more people on board to me is just like, incredible and just the growth potential and and just the support i think again find like-minded people and get together fight the fight right. together <laughs> yeah fight the fight yeah. trini has the, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to uh put out there i'm trying to think well there's so many plans that that we have and so many things that we are planning on doing but and we'll, and we'll have you back on again. So Trini, thank you so very much for joining us on the Active Towns podcast. You were such an inspiration and oh, love love what you're doing to try to make our streets nationwide safer for everyone, uh, regardless of their uh, how they're experiencing the roads, whether they're uh, in a motor vehicle or out there as a vulnerable roadway user. So thank you so very much for everything that you're doing. 
No, and thank you, John. I think that you are like one of the most passionate people regarding this subject that I've ever met. And you've opened a ton of doors for it could be me. And I will always be very, very grateful. And thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you found this episode with Trini uh, truly inspiring. It is amazing what she has been able to do, taking a tragic life event and turning it around into something incredibly positive and helpful for the rest of the world. So uh, I hope you agree. I hope you will uh, click on the links to follow her organization and maybe put together a personal uh, video of your own. Uh, I'll also include a link in the uh, show notes uh, to my personal video that I also posted to the It Could Be Me uh, program. Once again, thank you so very much. It's wonderful to have you along for the ride. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd be honored to have you subscribe and give a rating. And don't forget, give me some feedback. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts as to uh, future topics as well as guests. And speaking of guests, our next episode is going to feature uh, Katie Dioyos uh, from right here in Austin, Texas, and a program that she is working on in conjunction with AARP Texas. So until next time, this is John signing off, wishing you much activity, health, and happiness. Cheers. <laughs>